everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Genre of Your Life podcast, a show all about movies, TV, and what we love entertainment. I am one of your hosts, Doug Jones. With me, as always, is my main man of 20 plus years and one of the best co-hosts ever, Mr. Joel Kindle. How are you, sir? I am good, sir. I am good. Um, you know, life is not whooping my ass as badly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're... we're uh, I'm feeling better now, and uh, yeah, we're doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, and this episode is just the two of us. You just know, the, the OGs, man. Hey. The yes. best friends since childhood, man. Childhood, man. 20 years, man. 20 years, and the two guys that were always at the movies in high school, middle school. If you want to find <laughs> us, either at Rosati's, McDonald's, or the movies. That was us. Facts. No, here's the thing. We did a few times, right? So we would go to McDonald's, the hospital one, because they always loved, they loved us, and they also so like me. They they their McDonald's was good. The employees were great. Never drama there. And plus, mm-hmm. they sometimes gave us a little extra something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some a little extra to our meals because we were you know we were basically regulars. We would go to movies, and sometimes because we did like watch two movies, we would then go to, like Rosati's and call yeah, it a day. Man. The the double feature days, man. I kind of missed that before the theaters were doing the assigned seating. Be like, we see another movie. Yeah, might as well. Boop, we walk right into another theater. They, they never, they never really cared. So I miss kind of those days of like the movie hopping or a double feature day where we just another theater. Yeah, because there was no assigned seating. There was no kind of like, oh, you're in my seat. Now it's now it's kind of impossible too because everyone has assigned seating and Fandango and everyone has their own book, booking fees. So it's like what. Those days are sadly over, but those are some good times just doing the double feature movie hopping that my my dad actually taught me that as a kid. My mom to this day, she was like, you know, I don't like, you, I don't like when you guys do that, you know. I'm like, mom, you, you did it with us before too. We all movie hop. She goes, yeah, but it doesn't make it oh, right. Yeah, my parents. <laughs> and my parents, we did that shit too. My parents taught me. I, I don't know when we did it, but we did it like a few times. I was like, fucking, that's like a normal thing. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a great line from Mike and Dave New Wedding Dates. He goes, one time went to the movies, saw a movie after, didn't pay for it until after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that that kind of beats the purpose then of like seeing new movies in one. <laughs> oh my god. Um but like, welcome everybody. This is episode number twenty-four, the Kobe number, as well as the Brian Jones number of episodes. Uh, I'm glad you all are here. As always, guys, you can find the show on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music. We have a full audio version of a show on our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Midway Avenue Productions. Uh, while you're there, hit that follow, subscribe button, leave a review, leave a rating, leave a comment. Helps us out so much. As always, guys, thank you so much for your support, and happy August to you all. We are starting the new month. Hope you're staying cool out there. It's been a hot summer wherever you are, so we are glad you're here, as well as you know, next week, uh, Nick and I will be at the screening for Strays, which is, I believe, Wednesday, August 9th here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, say hi to us. We'll be there. We'll be looking forward to seeing as many as much as you guys did. Hope you got some passes for these great screens. Thanks to our friends at Ally Global. Uh, Ally, wrong one. Whoop, wrong one. Uh, Frost Communications, who I just love. You know, I love uh, Lee. I love Allison. They've been really great with us. So I uh, hope to give you guys more screenings this summer as well. Again, so thank you again to our friends at Frost Communications for always the continued support and the support of the show. All righty. Before we get into anything, our review tonight for TMNT, Mutant Mayhem. Joe, happy 16 years 
of the movie Hot Rod, one of our favorite movies of all time. Oh, yes, man. One of the many movies that we do fucking, you know, repeat. Crow all the time, man. You know what I'm saying? Just like, why are you saying it like that? Saying what? <laughs> saying that? What, what, saying what? What way? What way? You're talking weird. Where do you get off? Just forget it. I will. I will forget it. I will forget. And also, don't forget a little bit after that. Just like, I'm a drinking green tea all oh, goddamn God, day. Yeah. I go to church on every, every Sunday. damn Sunday. <laughs> you bring the demons out of me. <laughs> this is my hat now. This is my hat. <laughs> <laughs> that movie kind of like again i feel i feel both i mean both the lonely island guy all three of them both that movie and pop star are kind of just like beloved cult classics but like both audiences did not show up for that movie at all and, and it, breaks our, it breaks our hearts because those are really two funny movies if you know their humor very well they're like hilarious but 16 years man that movie i thought that movie has a really good cult following like i'll see it all the time on like tiktok or youtube or or twitter i'm like yeah like yeah like look at this da, da, da. like yeah all the certain quotes or the whiskey or the, our favorite quote or yeah or that stuff like that, or the, or the dancing scene they do in the parking lot um it's a very 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 funny movie that you can watch if you have showtime or paramount plus you can watch it on there um yeah man you and i in high school middle school in our adulthood we still quote that movie every day it's a very special movie to us to this day <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, it's prime. It's prime Andy Samberg. It's you know, Danny McBride's in it too. You got uh, Bill Hader, uh, Isla Fisher, Will Arnett, Ian McShane, who is a legendary actor, plays his stepdad. It's just really great. Uh, uh, it's really great. Just overall, it's a really funny movie that you can laugh at. It, I think it's aged very well. It's a very timeless movie you can watch over and over again and still laugh at it. Um, it's kind of like again the prime era of Andy Samberg and SNL with his uh, Lonely Island guys, Yorma and Akiva. Um, yeah, man, this was just movie that we we love so much. And 16 years, man, the movie's still staying strong. 16 years later, and I'm glad more people, hopefully, more people can experience it and discover it because it's a really funny movie as well as you know, pop star too. Yeah, great. I, I love the movie so much. But yes, yeah, and they've all done like they've all went on to do like really big things, you know, yeah, like movie wise. You know, even though, like, of course, we've known them from, you know, before that movie, but like to 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 see them continuously do even more things after that, which was, you know, makes you really happy. Especially like, what's it, what was his name again? The one who played the dad, the stepdad. Oh yeah, uh, Ian McShane, who played uh, Winston. Ian McShane. Uh, was it Winston? No, no. Who's he play? No, yeah, Winston in uh, John Wick movies. Yeah, and he also uh, he did the amazing show American Gods, which I yes. love. He yes. yes, he plays uh, Deadwood. Yes, yeah, it's so good. He's a good, he's a good actor. It's so, it's so funny to this day. I saw I think I saw an interview with on Segment McFarlane maybe like a year or two ago, and he asked, he goes, you know, you have, you have an iconic filmography. Like, what what do you get quote the most? And he goes, Deadwood. Because you know, he's a very thick British accent too. He goes, the one that oh, I would get yelled at all the time is Hot Rod. <laughs> and everyone starts laughing in the audience. People are clapping. He goes, 
I don't know what that is, but I, I'll be in the streets of New York or wherever I am, and someone goes, yeah, hot rod or um, um, real man grow mustaches, whatever the, whatever the line. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. Real man you know I have a hormone mustaches. disorder. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's so funny, and it's, and, it's so, and it's so quotable to this day. And yeah, again, great cast with Bill Hader, Dane McBride. Uh, Sissy Spacek, Will Arnett, let's go. Chris Parnell is hilarious. Let's goes on and on, man. It's a very, very, very funny movie that kind of went under the radar, but I hope people more discover because it it's a really timeless classic. So yes, happy 16 year anniversary to the movie Hot Rod that me and Joel both love. Ah, oh, great movie. Ah, yes. uh, man. So yes, hitting theaters this week, guys. Um, you know, it's the end of August. You know, me and Joel talked about this before the show started. Like, you know, it's kind of the end of the summer, and not much, not too much is coming out. I mean, due to the strikes, ongoing strikes as well. There was word about. Uh, I think the WGA was meeting some of the studios this weekend. I mean, this Friday. I want to hear. I think, I think it's the first time they're going to meet since the strike started. So I could be wrong. I mean, it could be for both guilds, but I think it's just the writers first. I could be wrong, but. From what I've heard is that they're going to be meeting with the studio heads tomorrow and like the AMTP, whatever it's they're meeting with. So, um, you know, best of luck, you know, hoping things get solved out soon, you know, because I think once we get out of summer, it's going to be a very slow few months of movies. I mean, I feel like if things don't move, we got we still got Equalizer 3, we still got Doom 2, we still got Exorcist and a few other movies as well. But it's going to be probably nothing for a, for a, quite a while, and you know things are still paused in production, um, which is which I think is fine. I think it's a good thing that we had that pause because yeah. I feel like the industry has been pushing out so much shit, yeah. you know, that a lot of it is shit or just yeah. something people really don't care for. So yeah. hopefully, with this time and break, you know, if we do have that time of you know nothing like creativity will flow back and it won't just be for money grabs because like the industry has lost that passion and has lost that creativity and just like it'll make money you know i feel like and we got a lot of things where people are just like yeah they'll they'll spend the fucking money on it oh yeah i i I absolutely agree i think this is good i think this is a good like as much as we talk about how bad reboots and remakes are, this I think this is a good reboot for the entire industry because I, I agree. I think, I think <laughs> COVID, I think COVID especially, but I think a year or two ago, I think we've been seeing more quantity than quality. I do think you know before COVID, before we all all every streaming service imaginable, I feel like ooh, we, we get some really good quality stuff. Like oh, this is great. This show's really good. This movie's really good. And now I feel like it's been more about okay, let's push out as much as we can. Because we can get the money at it, and I'm like, yeah, that's you could do that. But again, like you said too, Joe, you're you're hurt. You're gonna be hurting on the quality of certain stuff, as well as kind of like the quality of certain IPs and certain you know story, uh, you know certain stories and development and certain shows. Because again, as we all know, when the last strike happened a few a couple, ten years ago, whatever, no, maybe more than 10, maybe 09, 08, 08, 09, a lot of things, big IPs suffered a lot of quality issues because this is like it was kind of rushed out. And I do feel like. You know, we live in an era now. Where we're like, you know what? Let's just work. Let's just focus more on quality than quantity. And and what was came out some really good content to our viewers, both streaming, both in theatrical. Because you know, as what we we want to have again, the box office showing this too with with the Flash and Indiana Jones and Transformers and a few other movies too. You know, 
the quantity is not working. It's the quality of these things. I'm like, yeah, spend more time. Don't rush your VFX artists. Don't don't rush your production. Don't rush these certain things because when you rush it, you get you get something really shitty coming out. You're like, oh, this is this is this could, this could have been way better. And you know, so I felt about the Flash at times. So I felt about Indiana Jones at times. And uh, you know, I do think that this summer was like, oh, it's gonna be a summer of movies. Some movies are back. And personally, I feel like. A lot of things were big disappointments and big flops. And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, take a page out of A24 or the smaller budget movies that, you know, Paramount was doing or, you know, Barbarian, or like a small, you know, focus more on the quantity, on the quality, sorry, the quality of stuff because, you know, what audiences will respond to quality. You know, we, we do, we are, we're bombarded by stuff, you know, by so much content nowadays on so many different platforms. It's important to choose wisely what we're going to spend your time on, as well as kind of like, hey, investing my time on too. So I want, I want to invest in things that I actually care about. And you and I have seen almost everything, and you and I definitely are good at like, hey, that wasn't ugh, that could have been better. This could have been better too. If it's slow down a little bit, but again, you and I are are not shy of saying that was some boo boo ass quality. <laughs> We've seen so many things of like, oh man, that could have used more time in the oven or more time just to like develop. Like ugh, it was just rush. So you know. Yeah, and I feel like our fans, you know, our listeners, uh, I don't want to say fans, I want to say listeners, um, you know, our, our listeners and our followers, um, they feel that same way because, you know, they're, they've, they're here every week and they, they listen to us and I feel like they there is a number of them that does agree with, like, how we've been viewing these movies because... Me and you have had these conversations. I'm not, not going to say in names of specific people, but I am going to say that there that being a movie lover has become a trend. Yes. Yes. And for all the wrong reasons. And what that is is money. So a lot of these people who are reviewing movies give no shit about the movie, no. especially when they're getting paid from these production companies. Mm-hmm. And you know they'll they'll watch a movie. And they'll be like, it was good, it was amazing, you know, like 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, you know, giving them bullshit, you know, numbers and not being real about it because at the end of the day, they got paid and they get to live this, you know, pretty nice, you know, digital life mm-hmm. because of it. And, uh, you know, but in all reality, like me and you, Nick, Moses, we, we watch these movies because we, from a young age you know, have loved movies. We mm-hmm. grew up on it. You know, me and you at the movie theaters or like there was times where me and you didn't go to movie theaters for months, bro, months because nothing came out. And we would find movies to watch at home, like D V D and or like, you know, on demand when that was a thing, you know <laughs> <laughs> living in a building and everything. Uh but, you know, we'd find older movies and we would love them and we would talk about it. And, like, we're, you know, we started this because we wanted it to be real. We wanted people to have our honest opinion and our honest reaction and not just say good things just because we're trying to make an impression or try and get oh, money. Yeah. We want people to understand, like, we love these mo- We love movies. We love everything about actors, the writing, production, the crew, like everything. So we won't. So we'll we say what we really feel, and we give them an unbiased, you know, rating and review. And so, so you know, to 
So, you know, we we'll, we say the true things about, like, this movie could have been better, you know, or this movie was really not it. It was really bad. And I feel like our listeners do agree with us is that the, the you know, movie, the industry has lost its creativity because not only have we been sticking to certain forms of movies, but we've also been... <sighs> copying and pasting a lot you know what i mean where like a lot of movies don't have their own identity oh yeah and, yeah you know and the ones that truly do they go unnoticed because they didn't have the same funds as these giant movies that spend a lot of money but also spend a lot of money on uh promotions you yeah, know what i mean stuff. like the the teen you know Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles second movie that was all over YouTube like YouTubers were getting paid to promote it other people were getting paid to promote it and that movie was shit <laughs> <laughs> that movie was shit you know yeah. um, but you know so you know hopefully this break. Like when me and you didn't go to movie theaters this break, we'll truly give it, give it time to revitalize, have people open up the eyes and be like, all right, you know, and maybe even like inspired these writers to write such amazing things and stand up oh, yeah. for themselves to be like, you know, like I have an idea, you know, from besides from what you know the production wants you know what i what they think audience wants like they make something creative and so i'm praying that you know this break will do that we'll give them that everything that they need i hope so too man well said really well said i i, I truly think that yeah it's stepping back and reevaluating is things is very the key to like good storytelling and kind of just finding that creativity again you know it's you're right, it's a copy and paste thing. I think we've seen, I mean, we, we had a whole episode a few months ago, you and I did about reboots. Like, oh my God, another reboot of this, reboot of that. It's like, oh my God. So, you know, it's yeah. It's not I, even just a reboot either. It's a writing. Similar storyline, yeah. Similar storyline or like characters or, you know, where, you know, you want to go see this movie and it's like tantalizing and then like there's no diversity between characters. That's you know? it, yes. Every character has a witty comeback, and it's just like, okay, well, this is sort of like a serious thing at this moment. I don't want to have this be a laughing moment, you know right. what I mean? Right. Where you're watching this very serious movie in theaters, and then this is a very serious scene, and then they're cracking just nonstop wisps between each other, and you're just like, this lost all its yeah. genuineness in it. So like yeah, yeah, that's how I'm kind of feeling. I know you checked out before I did, but like I've, I'm really checking out of Marvel right now. I mean, it's good. It could be, it could be another discussion for another episode. But real quick, is that just like you know, I I just haven't cared anymore. I mean, I'll watch Spider Man, I'll watch, uh, you know, Black Panther, and uh, I think that's that's kind of about it. You know, Guardians is done now, so I'm kind of just like you know what, I'm just I'll watch Spidey because you know Spidey's my boy, and I'll watch it's open Spider Verse because it's very unique. That's very you can tell a lot of effort and love went to those movies. But, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of checked out. I'm kind of checked out on certain things. You know, I'm, I want, again, you and I have been always been, you know, we got to support original movies. And even if they're shit, they still, original movie was still made. And we can still respect that for, for that. Quality might have been, eh, right. but it's still, it's still original movie. And I like, um, 
the past weekend, uh, last I mean, a few weeks ago, Comic Con happened, and they had a director panel because the DGA uh, their strike didn't happen because they got they got what they wanted. They they, they came to terms of like good agreement. So they had these three directors on, and one of them with was um, Gareth Edwards. If you know him, he did stuff like Rogue One, uh, the Godzilla re- Godzilla remakes. Funny enough. And he's making a movie that I think I tagged you in a few weeks ago. It's with John David Washington, Denzel's son. It's called The Crater. It's this big sci-fi epic you know, spectacle movie. Again, all original. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I like this. I like this. It looks really like it looks oh, kind of yeah, like Star Wars E, but like not too much of it. It's a very its own movie. And I was like, this looks awesome. And again, 20th Century Studios and on Disney gave him a really to be fair. We get a lot of shit Disney all the time, but they gave they gave him, you know, and this is free will. You this is your movie, give you a big budget. Go at it. I'm like, you know what? I respect it. I respect that. They you know, it finally it, listened to me. Finally listen. Yeah, right. <laughs> they finally, after 24 episodes, Joe, they're like, finally, finally, we understand. Um, we'll and, shut him the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's good, as long as it's a good, then then we'll be like, ah, oh, you you follow, you follow yes. through. And you know, if if it doesn't get pushed back because of the strike, it's coming and out. We haven't. And we haven't heard about anyone stepping in. It sounds right. like you know everything's and it's running along, so it's good. And it's a big. This is a big budget sci-fi epic movie with a great star. Oh, Donnie Washington, who I love, who was a star of Tenet. He was a star of Black Klansman. He's in Ballers. Again, he's the son of Denzel, but he's a phenomenal actor. And I really do like that. Hey, they gave him the gate. They gave him the the a the funds. And they gave him the IMAX uh, filmmaking too, which is really cool. But you know, it's really cool that this is going to be a big spectacle. I mean, if it, if it doesn't get moved, I can't wait for it comes in September. If not, if it gets moved, it's for the better. I've been trying to avoid tr- more trailers to come on going blind as possible for an original movie. But I he was saying, seen any trailers. Good, good, avoid, good, going blind, going blind, going blind, because it looks, it looks from what I saw the teaser, it looks phenomenal, dude. It looks really yeah. remarkable. And I'm so, I'm really hoping they follow through. It's going to be really special. But he was asked today, someone's the panel at, at Comic Con. They said. How do you how do you support original original movies is very important. How do you get them get how do you get how do you get them made? And he, he said some plain something goes. You got to we have to support original movies and IP. Yes. There was, was a small applause, and I was like, this is like kind of a small applause. I'll send the video after the show. It was kind of a small applause, and I was like, yeah, no one. It's we really got to do. I mean, yes, we saw some. I think horror I, original horror has been doing great recently, which is awesome. And I'm really, mm. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping. Really hoping that. This movie does well, and if it's good, that'd be, that'd be a double bonus. Awesome, but he's right. We have to support original movies. Again, you might not, might not be good. It could be like it wasn't for me, but I, I always say on our reviews, our reactions too. You know, it's original. I'll give it that. I always give that benefit of the doubt. It's original. They went for it. I'll give it that. And I'm really, and I think you know, audiences to me. You know, there's a lot of good movies like The Nice Guys. Everybody wants some. I mean, this goes on and on. That we love that again. No one, no one saw it, and it breaks, and it breaks my heart. Cause I'm like, this would have been, this would have been great. This would have been a great, you know, big movie. But he did say though, we had to support original filmmaking, original storytelling. And I was kind of, I was kind of surprised at the lack of applause. I was like, really? Well, that that also shows like the issue within, you know, why we have not been getting original movies. It's not only production, it's also the audience that audience. that they they've been, you know, uh, servicing to. You know what yeah. I mean? We're we're at this point where everyone is so used to, you know, YouTube and this and that. Where and also just like not giving a fuck about movies. 
like I feel like true movie fans, and I'm not gonna say like these are certain requirements you have to make to to be true movie fans, but I mean like people who genuinely love movies, you know what I mean? Whether you know, and we all have our own niches. Like some people truly do only love shit movies, you know what I mean? Like The Room or whatever the fuck it was called, the fucking. Uh, that uh, disaster artist. Yeah, yeah, the room. Yeah, yeah the room. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the room. There's people who love movies like that. There's people like us who love like original movies. There's people who love horror, you know. But the the thing that I feel like true all true movie fans can truly agree on is that you know like is that the audience of the the audience has you know for movies has has diminished it, it through time you know like because people start stop giving a fuck about movies you know what i mean and i feel like the quantity of movies that we have witnessed since probably what 2014 2015 because there's been a lot of movies since then, I feel like people have become numb to it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like if someone, it's if like one of your friends, which mean you have personally experienced, it's fucking annoying. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Says one joke again and again and again and again mm-hmm. for many years. You know, <laughs> where it's like you become numb to it. You know, yeah. and I feel like a lot of general people of who you know, went to movies has has become numb to yeah. anything movies. Like a lot of people I feel like nowadays put on movies just to like tune it out, background noise or just like you know, just just dissociate, you know, just watch yeah. it, dissociate, doesn't give a shit, you know? So I feel yeah. like that's a so I feel like right now if we can get original movies and we can slow down the number of movies, you know, yeah, I feel like we can bring people back to it. It's the same thing with like how more and more people don't give a fuck about superhero movies because we've yeah. been having it out the ass, you know. Yeah, and we're st- and we're still yeah because it's been we're, we're bombarded by that. We're bombarded by it all the time. And you know, it's just like it's not a special anymore. It used to be like, oh, this used to be an event movies. Now it's kind of like another one, another one. So you know, yeah, I do. You and I have said this before, both in person and on the show. You know, I do think maybe post strike too. We should realize too. I think studios and companies do this too. Support your original movies. They'll be like, oh, it didn't work. No, so you should definitely support your original movies. Market it, you know. And there's so many times, a certain company that you and I both have said multiple times, a certain company that you feel a company that you you feel certain about, do they do they do not they do not promote original stuff. And Barbarian is one of them. Uh, I was very close. Look at that. I love Barbarian. The but also that, was, that they don't, and not only them but other studios. Oh yeah, huge. All they've they've all like before even. Before he even can even show the fruit of its labor, like in the midst of making them, they have such a lack of faith in directors, writers, you know, oh, yeah. actors and production, you know, where it's like, where it's like, all right, get fired this director, add someone new. Oh, like, we're going to hire some guy who, who 
you know, like, oh, to to edit the movie, we're going to hire this guy who should never fucking touch a movie with a fucking 30-foot yeah. yard pole. You know what I mean? Suicide Squad, man. They <laughs> fucked David Ayer over. Multiple, they, they, they hired a YouTube editor to redo the movie. A YouTube editor. Yeah. They had a full director YouTube of editor. a movie editor. YouTube editor. They fucked him. You know? them. I, I still love that movie for what it is, but people really... But again, they, they took away a man's vision and said, ooh, this isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, this isn't Deadpool. Let's redo it because BVS yeah, failed. Where it's, yeah, where it's like, dude, like, you can't... Dis, you Because this one project failed, you can't take your... You, you can't start doubting these other creators because the the good thing about it is that with movies even if it's under the same name as dc marvel whatever a lot of them have different directors different writers you know like even if they're the same actors like you can make a yeah. good movie and a shit movie with the same group of people but with like if there's different just creative minds put into it there's going to be a different view of it it's going to be a different whole different movie so like if you if you take your faith away from it and you're just like nah fuck you we're going to bring someone else on like you're really only fucking up the movie and your own like money with it too because like there's so many times where so many directors have been fired and then someone else has come along to one continue their vision but also change the shape of it with the writing or the the way the movie is going to play out and like you lost more money than you would have made and justice league shows it you know what i mean where uh where we saw you know the movie version the movie theater version uh theatrical version um came out and people were like oh that wasn't really good like that's very disappointing and then Zack Snyder they showed Zack Snyder shit and everyone fucking loved it so like it that shows like if you just keep the faith that you had in these people when you first decided to like yeah let's do this movie then a lot of these movies won't come out as shit they'll probably do really well you know yeah absolutely and that's why I give you know he had, I mean, I do think Knock at the Cabin was a great movie, but you know, M. Night Shyamalan was like a studio, he was a studio director for so long. And like he was doing all these, he was, he was, you know, he had a lot of stuff, good stuff at first, whether it was um, Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, The Village, Signs. Really good movies. And then he started doing movies that were like, uh, uh, what's going on here? And then he made Avatar Last Airbender. I love M. Night, I love you, M. Night, but we were like, bro, what? It's a no. It's not a chief. Like you, this is a oof, you have, no. He deformed, <laughs> dude. I swear to God, it looked like Appa got into the same fucking mutant shit that the Team Ninja Turtles yeah, got into, and it <laughs> fucked him up. Like on God, it, it he got ooze. into the ooze, and he got way super deformed. Like I don't oh, know what the God. fuck that was, but that was an Appa. How fucking dare you? But you know they they're remaking the movie with an all Asian cast, and well, yeah. they look pretty. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. But yeah, you know, back to M Night. Yeah, that was a bad movie. He did that, and he was doing. He did that. He did a few. Well, he did a few other stuff too that were just like, bro, what are you doing? And it wasn't until he partnered with Blumhouse to do the visit, and he goes, you know what? I'm gonna finance my own movies because you know why? If it don't work, I can't blame studio interference. And I'm like, hey man, that's bold. 
I respect that. You know what? You, you're going to finance your own movies. You're going to do this. And I think I don't know. I think he. I thought he. I thought he financed the visit by himself, or was it split? I think it was split. So whatever, whatever he made off of the visit. Split. He, yeah, sorry, it was split. He, he for split. He goes. I'm going to finance my entire this entire movie on my own. I don't care. It's I don't care what people say. It's oh, this is my movie. I'm I'm putting up the end. I'm like, hey Matt, it's, it's very admirable about you. I think a lot of filmmakers do that too. If you had the funds for it, and he did. And guess what? Split made. Quadrupled the, the what it made the budget of that movie opening weekend and it made so much money worldwide like a three million dollar budget movie. And guess what? He goes, cool, I can do this now. I think the I think Glass was co-financed with someone else, but stuff like I believe stuff like um, uh, Old and um, uh, Knock at the Cabin as next movie too. He goes, listen, I've been there before with the studios. I prefer to finance my own movies because I have total 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 control. I'm like, hey, again, man, you can do it. Go for it because you have, you have really you, you made a name for yourself and you can put up the funds yourself. Why go for it? Go why not? So I think it's very cool that hey, they, they might all be winners, but at least he goes, hey, listen, this is my movie. So if you don't like it, it's on me. Simple as that. So I'm like, hey, respect. So you know, I, I do think you know it's when you see you see filmmakers do that. It's you know what? It's on me because you're right, Joe. When you when you see stuff a lot in the big studios and the big production companies. It, you're not you're not you're not really working for a team you're kind of a hired hand at times and again if one, if one thing doesn't work out you're gone so it's you gotta be careful sometimes or you have really good you know a good body of work but you know, you could have one movie that like oops it didn't work for me and then your movie jail like neil blomkamp who did chappie you know he was on he was two for two with elysium and district nine chappie came out cost a month studio a lot of money and he has not made a movie since and except for when gran turismo comes out in a few weeks but this is, this is his first movie in eight years because Chappie came out and cost Sony a lot of money. And, they were, and he was like, everyone said, nope, we're done. Like he had an alien project he was going to do. Nope. And then we tried to get pitched. Nope. He lost everything. And that sucks. But that's the business too. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. But it's, you're right. It's, you know, it's, it could be all gone just like that. So you got to just, you know, I do think you got to trust your creators, trust your vision, trust your filmmakers, and you'll hire them for a reason. Go along with it. Yes, you can have notes. Yes, you can like, hey, change this instead. But don't make don't make it too like a big change of like, yeah, the character has wings now. Like this is this is a, this is a story about uh, biker gangs, or whatever. Yeah, he has wings now. It makes no sense. So you definitely <laughs> gotta like you know have faith in why you hire them for a reason. Let, let them let them cook. So I'm I'm really hoping that this movie, the creator, does well and it's really good too. That hey, listen. It, it worked, you know. A, a studio original movie really worked. I, I have faith in Gareth Edwards, and I do have faith in John David Washington. So, you know, fingers crossed, it turns out really good. But anyway, on to on to the movie of the week. As we all as we all probably know, this week is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem release. Came out, I believe, on Wednesday yesterday. Actually, I went to an early screening of it on Saturday. And I, you probably don't know this, but me and Joel are two of the biggest Ninja Turtle fans. We grew up on these movies, on the cartoons, especially the original cartoon and the original two movies. The original live original action cartoon movies. And live action movies. I like, grew up. V- VHS, my guy. Yes, sir. Dude, we are news. not yep. too young. And we also, you know what I'm saying? We grew up with VHS. Yes, sir. You know, we didn't have DVD players at first. Eventually, we got DVD players, but that was when like middle school <laughs> that was yeah. middle school time but vhs mutant ninja turtles 
put that shit on repeat, repeat my guy. Like, oh my god, and me and you talked about that movie. Uh, we talk about those movies every year, multiple times. Yeah, but yeah. So we're giant TMNT fans. Huge dude, huge Ninja Turtle fans. And again, right, the original two, the 1990 version, 1992 sequel, Secret of the Ooze, the one with, yeah, one with Vanilla Ice, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. It it hits, man. It slaps till this day, man. It's it's still a bop. Those two movies are very special, and you and I both agree too. You know, if you have the they, they also rebooted again in 2007 with the all all animation 2007 version. And Joe and I, you, you and I both said like that was a pretty fire movie too. That was, that was a really good animated movie, a great storyline for the for the turtles. And we both, yeah, we both, yeah, we both like those we both like the the oh seven animation movie. Of course, that movie came and also flopped pretty hard, unfortunately. But it was really cool animation at the time. It was it wasn't Disney, it wasn't Pixar, it wasn't it wasn't DreamWorks, it wasn't you know Blue Sky, it was um, or Artman. It was its own animation. It was a Magi. I think, I think well, I think went bankrupt after that movie came out, unfortunately. So, oof. <laughs> yikes! But yeah, we both like the 2007 animated one as well. Great soundtrack too. Really cool storylines. Great voice acting as well. So and then, yeah, then 2014 happened with Michael Bay. No, before that, Michael Bay announced he was doing, he's producing one, and you and I were like, oh no. We were like, yeah, we're Michael Bay fans. We like, we like Pain and Game. We like Bad Boys. We like the few of the Transformers movies. But we were like. Oh, he's producing this one, and then he announced, "Yeah, we're, they're gonna be aliens." And you and I were at school. We were like, "Oh hell no!" You and I were like, "Nope, nope, we're out." And he goes, "Yeah, they're gonna be aliens. We're gonna have like alien substances, whatever." And you and I were like, "Oh no, this is getting worse and worse." But it's by hearing every new announcement, and we we're like, "Oh no!" And it was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be this, this, and that." Blah blah blah. They're gonna have like certain like alien abilities, and we we're like, "Please stop, just stop." So yes, 2014 came out, and the first one did pretty well, actually, despite this pretty negative response and critical critical rating. It made a lot of money. It made a lot of money, and Paramount goes, "Cool, we're another one. Let's do it." And then, like you said earlier in the show, the second one came out. They hired all one of these you know, Instagrammers and social media and YouTube stars to promote that movie. And like you said, that second one is awful. It is dog shit. It is garbage. It is awful. They ruined Re- Bebop and Rocksteady. They ruined Casey Jones. Everyone is miscast. I love Tyler Perry. But what the fuck is he doing as Baxter Stockman? And that he just putting up on this kind of very kind of weird, like almost Eddie Murphy kind of character. You're like, bro, this is so miscast and this is terrible writing. And you're just like, what's going on here? And then that one did so poorly that they were like, yep, we're done. We had, we had trilogy planned, not happening anymore. And I'm like, yeah, y'all need to take a break on that because that was garbage. And I know you and I kind of have different opinions on the first live action, the first live action remake that Michael Bay produced. Yes. It's not the best movie, not at all. But I, there's some parts I do like about it. I think, like, I think the voice acting, I do think the mocap work is very impressive. But I know you both have a problem with the Shredder being a fucking robot, basically. And I don't know, Will Arnett is very miscast as the camera guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I did not like Michael Bay's no, yeah. <laughs> at all. Fucking, oh, dude. Because it screamed, it screamed, right? It screamed uh, Transformers. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, sure. I know everyone has their style, but that was way too similar to Transformers. It didn't oh, yeah. help that <laughs> Megan Fox is here. Yeah, uh, she, she wasn't terrible. She was miscast. I'm not she saying. I'm not saying she was miscast. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. It's just uh, like both. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Bringing her back for this, but also, but also like, like the turtles were giant. 
uh, at first their faces their faces were very deformed. I know they changed it because the yeah, original face was yeah. Because people are like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, we're like, "That's Shrek," <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we saw the, and then they changed it when they, you know, fire production. But overall, just the story wasn't good. I didn't, I, you know, no offense to the actors who did the, you know, who no did work. the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I think it was just writing and the animation. Like I felt like the plus the turtles were too big. You know, we're we're so used to, you know, the turtles being human sized yeah. you know like we didn't need them fucking being eight foot tall they're fuckers. all shack they're all shack size they're all like taller than shack dude for <laughs> real like we like we get it they're mutants but here's the thing turtles are small like you having human sized turtles is good enough you know yeah. and like being able to survive a fall from a gigantic you know skyscraper oh, it's, yeah. it was just all it was just way too much uh, elements of Transformers, and, and it was just too much. It was too much. Yeah. It, it, there, yeah. No, I know we we're we're very similar on that one, but I, there's parts I do like about it. But you're, it right. just it, it just it was Surprised not. Surprised we didn't see Christian Bale <laughs> making it. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. you, you know, if you guys don't understand, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman are within the same universe. They have met. There are comics. The games mm. too. A movie, games. an animated movie as well. Yeah, animated movie and also uh, Mortal Kombat with Teen yeah. and Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going in this movie skeptical. I thought the animation looked really cool. And I was, and I remember a few years ago, I think during COVID, it was like Seth Rogen's been producing, writing a Nintendo movie. I was like, oh, and I was like, I don't know about this because the last anime, animated movie he did was Sausage Party. And we we're like, mm. But it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be live action. It's gonna be different. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this was like five, four or five years after the last Michael Bay one. So I'm like, oh, I guess it's been four or five years. I guess they can redo it because they because they can. But I know Seth Rogen and his team at Point Grey are like, we're we're reinvent the Ninja Turtles. I was like, ooh. And I was like, let's see about that. It was like in production for a long time. They had a great, a lot of huge voice acting like Paul Rudd, Ice Cube, Jackie Chan, uh, John Cena, Rose Byrne. I mean, this goes on and on. It's a huge voice cast. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the trailer came out. Like, oh, this looks pretty cool. I can, I can get down with this. It's kind of like the Spider-Verse stop motion bit animation, comic book animation. I'm like, all right, it's cool. I guess they're, they're adopting that animation style. So yes, I went to the early screening of it on Saturday. Going in, I was like, please be good. Please be good. Please be good. I'll tell you what. This one, yes, it's, it's the third. It's the th- yeah, it's the third film reboot since the original ones that you and I both love. Um, it's... It's not. It's not connected to any of the Nickelodeon cartoons or the the last few movies. It's its own movie. It's re. It's reinventing and rebooting the entire franchise again. Yes, again. And I'll tell you what. Starting off with the good. It's, so this one's about basically them trying to find themselves. You know, they're 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 actually played by teenagers this time around. They're not played by forty, thirty year old men or grown as adults. They are being played by actual teenagers that they were casted very well. All four of them were. So it is cool seeing. You know, they are very younger. They are they're actual teenagers this time around. That I liked about it a lot, but it's kind of, it's stories about them kind of like finding their own, you know, what does it mean to be a turtle? What does it mean to be a teenager? Like, why can't the world accept for us who we are? You know, we're heroes. We look good, good for society, but Master Splinter didn't want us to like, you know, go in the human world. He wants to, us to kind of wait till we're ready. And then all of a sudden, uh, there's been a big out, there's been a big crime syndicate going on in in, in, in New York City, led by a guy, led by a person named Superfly. And they're they're hearing word about this and they find out that there is a lot of mutants as well that 
accept them for who they are. And this is great. They found that people like themselves. But then they start realize that the other mutants have plans to destroy the world or to get rid of everyone, have just mutants only. And it's up for the turtles to kind of like save the day and bring down the other, their fellow mutants, even though it's kind of like their own family because they all come from the same ooze. So, starting off with the good. Like I said, the animation to me is phenomenal. It's very similar to Spider-Verse, but at the same time, it's its very own own animation, which is really cool. A lot of different, yeah, a lot of inspired stuff from Spider-Verse and that kind of animation, but it definitely has its own voice to like about it. Great voice acting through and through. I think everyone kills it. All four kids who were casted as Raph, Donnie, Leo, and, and Mikey are pe- ca- casted perfectly. Ice Cube as Superfly is having the time of his life, man. He is, he's he should do more voice work because he's great at it. I, we, love, we both love Ice Cube. He's having the time of his life doing voice acting. And Jackie Chan Splinter was very good casting too because you can tell he's having fun as well. People are kind of like, oh, he's kind of like, you bring up off, off, off like a little script. And I'm like, yeah, he is, but you can tell he's having fun with those movies. He's a really good Master Splinter. It is definitely a reboot from New Generation. It's definitely, if you're a Ninja Turtle fan, like how me and Joel are, you will definitely enjoy it. But it for sure is a way to introduce the Turtles again to a new generation of, of you know, fans, stuff like that. At the screening I went to, it was mostly kids and families. So everyone was laughing and having a good time. So I think it definitely worked on that level. Of like, hey, this is a new generation of Turtle fans. They probably didn't see the original movies or the 2007 animated movie or the Michael Bay movie. So they're trying to reintroduce the, to the franchise to a new audience. Um, again, great score. Uh, Trent Rezor and Atticus Ross, who did stuff like The Social Network, a lot of David Fincher movies. I think, they, I think the score for Soul as well were, bit, they were very big, they're very great score composers. It was cool doing the, doing the, they were doing this score. Great soundtrack. If you're a 90s hip hop fan, how we both are, Tribe Called Quest, Old Dirty Bastard, um, De La Soul. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's a great soundtrack. Even a, even a Vanilla Ice reference here and there. ODB? ODB, oh, no. My. This God. is a great. They, they, they ODB. They had the That's bro, what's up. They have they had the full soundtrack on the it's on Apple album Apple Music and Spotify the playlist. It's a great playlist, man. You and I, you you would be proud of this playlist. I was like, you know what? All right, Seth Rogen and team, y'all y'all won the soundtrack for sure because it's a great. I was hearing Shimmy Shimmy Ya. I was hearing um, I Know by De La Soul. I was hearing Can I Kick It by Tribe Called Quest, and I was like, okay, I I can get down with this. I like this a lot. This is a great soundtrack. Kind of Spider-Verse has his own soundtrack too. They do a good job of, of, of doing throwback 90s hip hop, and I love that about it. I'm like, good, you sold me on that. I do like it, kind of feels like a John Hughes movie, like a Ferris Bueller at times or a 16 Candles at times. And I'm like, okay, I for sure kind of get the similar vibe to like Spider-Man Homecoming about like willing to be accepted by society when you have these certain powers. And I was like, okay, I kind of dig the Spider-Man Homecoming, John Hughes vibe to it of like self discovery, coming of age. I'm like, all right, I'm on board with that. It's, it's definitely better than the last two Michael Bay ones, for sure. No doubt about that. This is a definitely a fresh, unique take on it. Yes, at M and Opera live action, but I think, I think they can do a lot more animation, which is really cool. But again, I think you're kind of limited what you can do with live action and stop motion. But for animated, this one, they did a lot more that they can get away with that more certain colors, certain kind of aspects or kind of storytelling. You do a lot more with animation, but that was really cool about it as well. Good pace for the most part. Right, hour and a half movie. The pace was very good for the most part. I will say during my con that there was an issue with the third act p- p- pacing. Good editing. There's some really good editing that for an anime movie. I was like, yo, the editing on this is phenomenal. How like certain shots are being filmed, certain montages, certain kind of like different changes in different scenes. I was like, wow, the editing in this movie is superb. And I don't even watch editing too much, mostly in live action movies, but seeing this, how, how, good, how good the editing was in this movie, I was like, hey, hats off. This is great. Uh, again, 
Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, I was proven wrong. I think they, they wrote this movie, they produced it with their team at Point Grey. I was proven wrong. I think Seth Rogen, tell, you can tell he's a fan of this franchise. I saw an interview with him a few weeks ago, too, saying that he was eight when the, the original movies came out. He loved the cartoon. Like The reason why he did karate was with Ninja Turtles. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So you can tell that him and his team were big fans of this franchise and that they knew that they had to like give this movie justice because they are fans of this IP no matter what. Um, to me, this was like their. This is kind of their Phil Lord and Chris, Chris Phil Lord and Chris Miller moment. Meaning that Phil Lord, Chris Miller did Lego Movie, Cloud, Cloudy with Meatballs, and the Spider Verse movies. They produced my Spider Verse movies. That that is their baby. To me, this is Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg's kind of their moment of like, cool, we're becoming animated producers too. So again, because Phil Lord and Chris Miller also did Twenty One Jump Street, and we all know Seth and Evan did stuff like Neighbors. This is the end. Super bad. This is their moment of kind of becoming more producers in animation, kind of expanding their horizons. I'm like, you know what? They're trying something new. I respect it because we all know Slash's Party came out. It was very divisive at times. It's very something that we're like, you know, the guy that kind of came and went, but it was weird. It was different. So they're becoming actual producers of animation. They also produced Invincible, which is a great animated show on, on Amazon Prime. So they're for sure kind of doing great work with comic book and IPs, whether it's The Boys, This, or Invincible, or TMNT. It's cool seeing them kind of span the horizons as producers and creators. I'm like, you know what? They're going for it. Good, for, good on them. Okay. Going on to the cons. Okay. I thought about this more, too, as, as the week went on. As much as I like the voice acting, I do think there was times where Raph and, Do- Raph and Mikey were kind of sidelined, where, like, it's good voice acting, but Mikey didn't seem like Mikey at time. You know, Mikey like, yeah, dude, yeah, pizza, Kyle Bunga. Mikey wasn't like that this time around. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm not hating on the voice mm-hmm. acting. He, he was great voice for Mikey, great voice of Mikey. But there was times it where was I was like, writing. it was a bit of the writing where I'm like, you, you got to bring, Mikey's the one that's kind of like, yeah, man, ha, ha, like kind of the very over the top goofy. He wasn't that way as much or, not, a, not not as much in this one, and I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, maybe they're for a reason. And again, it's not a spoiler, but there's a certain thing that like Mikey does in every movie that he didn't do at all in this movie. And I was like, huh. And they teased that two times. I'm like, yes, here we go. It's the moment. Never happened. I was like, ooh, like that was a big letdown. And like someone in the audience was like, yes, it's that moment. Didn't happen. And I was like, oh, this is a big opportunity for a certain thing that Mikey does in every TMNT movie. I was like, all right, I, I guess maybe it's the next one. You're I do th- lying. <laughs> don't, I won't don't spoil break my I'll, heart I'll text here, you. Bro. I'll text. I'll text you. I'll text it after the movie. After no, the show, but no, we'll there's a certain thing. The show, there's a certain thing know. that we're like, oh no. And I do think that I said, I said this in my athlete reaction. They rushed Bebop and Rocksteady in this movie. I don't again, oh, yeah. I get it. It's mutants, but they're they're two essential characters for the lore and the history of the whole mythology of TMNT. Yeah. Again, Seth Rogen's playing Bebop, and I believe John Cena's playing Rocksteady. They're just thrown in there, crowbarred in there. And I'm like, this would have been cool for a sequel or for another project because they're just there. And they're very important characters. I felt the same way with TMNT 2, the re- the other action remake from 2016, Out of the Shadows. They were thrown in there. They were misused. They looked terrible. And I was like, yeah, y'all should have waited to include Bebop and Rocksteady for sure because they're very important to the characters whatsoever. 
So I was like, oh man, like they're there. But I'm like, why are they there? Why do I include them? Because they have no purpose to the story whatsoever. So I was like, and oh. They came later on. Yes. Ex- ex- exactly. They came every, later on this cartoon. Yes. In the comic books, in the OG movies, in the cartoon shows, they are later on characters. I understand when people don't want to do the same introduction of certain, yeah. like, characters and stuff like that for you know or series that you know we all know but i feel like there's certain things that you shouldn't do you know like when when because you remember when i saw you know what i mean uh before you yeah yeah and and the movie's out if you haven't seen it uh, spoiler alert but it's, it's been a long time um Remember when I told you I was like towards the end they rushed a certain thing, which yeah. was the Shazam family. I was like they rushed that way too, soon. you know what I mean? But they wanted to change yeah. things. Oh, sure. so, but it's like it's like I I think sometimes it's okay to do what basically everyone knows, especially since this movie is garnered towards you know the newer generation. Yep, it's a hard like, reboot. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, I think it would have been fine if we just had Shredder, or maybe not even Shredder, like, you know, do what they did with the OG movies, like, just, you know, the kids fighting, you know, just random, you know, thugs off of the street, and then introduce them to the Foot Clan, and making, you know, like, a smaller guy that isn't Shredder, you know, like, one of the lower guys... Like, the big bad guy for this right now. And then, you know, sequel, boom, Shredder. And then if you do another one, boom, you know, later on. Or, you know, yeah. Shredder and, like, these two characters. Yeah. Uh, I, that's just me. I don't know how other people will feel about that, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, like, I'm curious to see how people say... I, some other reviews last night, people were kind of, saying, kind of feeling the same thing I was saying. I was like, yeah, they should have waited for this. And, yeah, it's... Ice Cube of Superfly would have been a fine villain on his own. Maybe a few henchmen. Like his henchmen, first of all, Paul Rudd is hilarious. He steals the show when he's on, when he's on. It's hilarious. He plays a, a modern gecko with It's something Mondo Gecko. Hilarious, man. He's this really kind of funny accent kind of on and off. It's hilarious. And he kind of steals the show. He's playing like basically the right hand man of Ice Cube Superfly. And I'm like, this is hilarious. So if they had Ice Cube of Superfly by itself, maybe a few goons here and there, not be Bob and Rocksteady, this would have been great. I'm like, oh, this would have been cool very tight i like it and i was like it just when they added so much different mutants it kind of felt wasted like rose Byrne is wasted um post malone is in it randomly as one of the, as one of the villains too and i'm like what is this i love post malone but i was like huh so he had too many goons that would have been like oh it's been cool for better for a different movie but like i said the big issue big issue for me was be about rock because these are really important characters that were just like yep they're here here we go and i'm like oh you should all should have waited y'all should have waited on this and i this could be a slight spoiler. I'll try my best to work, work work around it. They do botch the the famous Cowabunga line, and that to me, the big issue I had oh, was damn, the sound man. was the sound was the sound was the sound mixing. Um, the sound mixing on this to me was really uh, was bothering me because I'm like, wow, like I couldn't even hear the dialogue. Sometimes I was like. What and really, I'm seeing this more and more with different shows, more movies and shows I'm watching too. Was that the sound mixing and dialogue are not mixing well whatsoever? 
So I was like, geez, I can't hear what they're saying. And during this, the famous Kawabunga, when they say it, I couldn't even hear it. It was like, what did they say? And it's like, so it's like super like, it's how they shoot it too. was very, it's botched. I was like, oh, they botched this. I was like, okay, you took away one certain thing that Mikey does every every movie, and then you botched the famous Kawabunga moment. I was like, oh, this really, this could have been better, guys. This could have been better. Or for a different scene, you could use Kawabunga. But I was like, man, that just, that that definitely bothered me as a, as a lifelong TMNT fan. And I know this is definitely made for a younger audience, but if you are a TMNT diehard fan that we are, it's going to bother you a bit. So I was like, wow, they picked it the right time. The sound mixing on that moment was terrible. And I said how they, how they shot it with a certain way that shot it. It's just like, why, why use it there? So I was like, Oh man, that to me was a big uh, kind of red flag. I was like, man, sound mixing, fix that. But really you can't botch the famous Calabunga moment because it just takes away the, the, the specialness of that, specialness of that word and what it means to the turtles. And the other thing too, that it's, I there's a great message in this movie about acceptance. I love it. It's getting similar to similar stuff like Spider Man. You know, when he's a kid, like I want to be accepted by society. I want, I want the world to see me as a hero that I am. And all four of them, Raph, Donnie, Leo, and Mikey, they want to be known as the heroes. They want to go to high school. They want to be part of society. And I, I was really really emotional at times of like wow, like seeing them just like looking outside the world, looking at seeing a park like like a park movie night, watching Ferris Bueller stuff like that, classic movies. Or you know them looking at a certain certain building in 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 the in NYC saying oh I wish 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 we could go to that city wish we could go to the city and kind of like just be ourselves basically and the movie does me from the beginning middle and end do a lot of flashbacks of like ooh you know the world is ready for you Splinter keeps telling them the world's not ready for you yet you know you're not there yet you're still too young you're still you still have more training to do but at the same time it's just they want to be in the world so they want to be in high school they want to be with humans so badly at their age because they want to be have friends they want to see the world they want, they want to have pizza with friends i love that but the movie that third act is rushed the third act is definitely rushed i was like ooh man they should just slow down a little bit or save this for another movie because things happen too quickly you're just like okay resolved boom here you go here it is here's what happened it's like yeah this could have been safe for a different move different for another movie or or another movie down the line it just happens too quickly where I was like, man, I get it. I do. But compared to the other movies in the franchise and the other franchise, it's a buildup that's, that's worth it. I think the live action movies, the TMNT 2007 one, even, even, the, even the live action Michael Bay ones, I do think that you got to let it cook. Not in the first movie right off the bat. Like, hey, listen, here it is. Boom. It needs, it needs to cook. It needs to cook. It needs to like kind of like resonate a little bit before you're like, okay, here it is. This is it now. This is the movie. This is the world we live in. It's like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm all for it. But for the first movie, you guys did too. You guys rushed it. You rushed the, the final act and like what happens to them in the movie. And I was like, man, I oh, liked that's it. Not sounding good. I, I like. I, I like what they did. It's not for the first movie. Not for the first movie in the franchise. I was like, man, this is too speaking soon. Speaking as a, yes. Speaking as a fan, I'm guessing. You mean like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's as a fan of the franchise, a fan of the TMNT. I wish they kind of slow down with certain stuff. Yes, also this is a, they say for the post credit scenes is big. There's a big reveal in the in the mid credit scene. We get it. It's first if it moves as well, there for sure will be a sequel. If it does poorly, we'll see. But I do think that they're gonna do a sequel to this movie. It's it's being being beloved by critics for sure. We'll see how fans we'll see how fans approve of this or not. But. I love the the message about acceptance and and you know being uh, loved by society, but how they handle it at the very end, I was just like, man, it just feels not worth time yet because it's too rushed. It's the first movie of the franchise. Let it cook. Let it resonate with us first, and then 
build build onto it because it'll be a better payoff if you waited for a second or third movie. But that's my review of TMNT Mutant Mayhem. I think if you're a fan of the franchise, go see it in the theaters for sure. It's worth it's a lot of funny moments. The humor is hilarious. Some jokes have me cracking out loud. And there's so many good like pop culture references, whether it's to, to Drake or John Hughes movies or Ferris Bueller or a certain rap song, rap artist. I was like, I love the I love the movie references because it's hilarious. This is like you can tell you can tell a lot of love for pop culture and classic movies and classic hip hop. But I just wish the third act was tighter and they waited to introduce some things because I think the payoff would have been better in, in other movies. But I'm giving this right now a solid. Seven, seven and a half out of ten. I think it's worth seeing in theaters if you're a TMNT, TMNT fan. For sure, see, it's for sure worth seeing. But I do think you'll have some problems with the final act as well as introduction to certain things as well as what they do with the characters at the end of the movie. But that's my review of TMNT. Some theaters now. Uh, yeah, it's one of the last few movies we have this summer. So if you're curious, go see it. Again, great soundtrack. Again, shout out to uh, Seth Rogen, Point Grey, and, and his team at Point Grey. But yeah, uh, it's... It's. I can't wait to see what happens next. If it, if it does well, great. If not, can't be too surprised. But um, I do think the animation definitely is gorgeous, and, this, and the act, voice acting is superb, which are the two big MVPs for me. So, yeah, guys, check it out. Alrighty, Joe. All right. As we said last night before we started the show, my friend. Speaking of TMNT and animation, it is time to to rank our top our top five favorite animated movies of all time. I have Nick's as well. Nick, Nick's traveling to New York this weekend with his lovely girlfriend, Kaylin. So if they travel with Nick, we'll see you next week on the show. So I have his, I have, I have his uh, responses to, that I'll share at the, end, at, the, at the end of the episode. My friend, you can do the honors of giving us your top five animated movies of all time. Oof, man, that was such a hard uh, list to do, but I do <laughs> have them, though. Yes. I do. Um, and I feel like a lot of people aren't going to be expecting every single one of these, but yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. So we're going to go with, uh, what is it? Uh, fuck. What was the movie called? What was the movie with BMO in it, bro? BMO? <laughs> Not BMO. Uh, uh, Baymax. Oh, Big Hero 6? Big, Big Hero 6. There we go. Fucking escape my mind. Anyways. I never saw Bemo it. from Adventure Time. What? You never saw it, bro? <laughs> Such a good movie. I own it, too. I don't know. I never Dude, seen it. you own it? it? You gotta watch it tonight, I'll watch bro. It. Come on I'll now. watch it. It's, it's not that long. And it's honestly like a really good anime kid movie, but it's so good. So, yeah. Big it. Hero 6. Uh, How's Moving Castle. Such a big fan of that. How to Train Your Dragon. Treasure Planet. Nice and on Japanese anime movie, I believe it's on Netflix. I suggest you watch it with the Japanese voice actors, but you can watch it in English dub. Will I look at you the same if you do watch it in English dub? No, no, I won't. I will judge you, <laughs> but but to every to Israel, like I said, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's called a silent voice. It is such a beautiful animated movie. Uh, if you look into it, you might see a lot of bullshit about it. It's based on a true story. It's not based on shit. It's, a, it's based on a manga, right? It's not based on anything. It's an adorable romance movie, uh, but it's also, like, drama-filled. Because I, I'll explain it a little bit. Because everyone knows about all these other movies, obviously. Um, so, A Silent Voice is a Japanese anime movie about 
it starts when, uh, you know, uh, when these kids are in, you know, elementary school and there's a transfer student. Well, the transfer student is uh, basically deaf, deaf, and she does have hearing aids and everything. And so she starts getting bullied by uh, other kids, mainly the number one popular guy in the class who's very outgoing and everything. And after she leaves and after a lot of shit went down, you know, his friend groups betrayed him and he started getting bullied, you know, and the, the deaf girl, she left the school. Her parents took her away. And, uh, and, you know, he started introverting and having issues, you know, looking at people in their faces and you know, everything with, like, depression and everything. And so it goes to him in high school. And uh, he runs back into the girl that he used to bully. And so he wanted to apologize to her and make it up and, you know, become friends with her. And it's a really beautiful movie. Uh, cinematography is beautiful. Like, the animation and everything. Not just for the characters, but the scenery in it. And just, like, how they play it out. It's such a beautiful movie. I highly suggest people watch it. I believe it's still on Netflix. It might not be, but you 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 could probably find it somewhere else. I don't know. But, yeah, those are my top five. I love those movies. Nice. Nice. I gotta watch that one. I gotta, I gotta watch Big Hero 6 because I'm slacking on that movie. I know. Bro, you're slacking. I know you would enjoy it. It's a truly enjoyable kid movie. I know. Isn't uh, Stan the Man, Stan Lee in that movie too? Like a little cameo I heard? Yeah, he has a cameo oh, at cute. the end. After credit, yeah. Cute. I gotta watch it. I know uh, I love Damon Wayne's in it. My boy TJ Miller's in it. Who? Mm-hmm. My dude. Alright, so let's go with mine. Let's go with my list right here. These are not, they're not in order, but randomly, mine's also Treasure Planet, because I think you heard us before on the show, we talked, you, me, Nick have expressed our love for that movie so much. It's a beautiful movie, great voice acting. It's a, it's just a, it's just a beautiful movie about discovery and, you know, who you are in the world, who are you going to be in the world, what kind of person you're going to be, and the adventure, st- adventure of it is just gorgeous to look at. It's really, t- it's beautiful 2D animation with a little hindering of 3D here and there. Uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is perfect as John. Um, I had all the toys as a kid growing up at McDonald's. I remember my dad seeing that movie. Him and I saw that McClure Court in Chicago before AMC Reverse was ever built. And I remember I was being mesmerized by the screen. I was like, this movie's so special. I love that movie. It's great soundtrack, too. Great score. It's the, it's, it's, it's the perfect animated movie, if you ask me. And I hope that they, they do a 4K restoration of it, because I would buy that movie in a heartbeat. And it's, it's sad, too, that that movie was... Those animators, directors were just were just treated so poorly by the producers and the studio and the corporate heads. And it's like, they didn't believe in that movie. But when it came out, they just buried it. Go, no, we're not proud of this movie, whatever, but it's a very beloved cult classic as well. So yeah, it's Pixar planet. Second one is up. I, this is my favorite Disney and Pixar movie. If you ask me, I love this movie. So, 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 so much. I'm a huge dog lover. This movie is for all the dog lovers. It's a story about, you know, a love, death, life, adventure, you know, never too old for an adventure, never too never too old to do certain stuff. And it's beautiful how this movie shot from beginning to end of like, you see Carl fall in love with Ellie and I watch it every time. I cry literally every time when we see um, that opening montage of Carl and Ellie living together. 
Um, it's, just, it's just beautiful. You see how happy they were and how sad he became once certain things happened. I just—it's a beautiful movie. Uh, the dog's name is Doug. I have a bias to that that, that character as well. Um, it's just, I, remember, I remember as a kid that trailer where he goes, uh, "I just met you and I love you," and he goes, "Squirrel." And I, as a kid, I was, it was the funniest thing ever. I also laugh at it as a, as a grown ass man. I remember me and Zeta watched it last year for our one year anniversary. We we're both like, we we're like, she goes, "Are you crying?" I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm crying." You crying? She goes, "Yeah." And we were both, <laughs> we both tearing up, but like, I just love when, when they meet Doug. Um, uh, it's 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 a special movie, and the sound the score by Michael Giacchino, who's a brilliant composer, did the Batman score, he did the Spider Man Reason Trilogy score, the Star Trek score, the Super Eight score. He's a brilliant Ratatouille. He's a brilliant composer. I think he's very slept on as a as a composer. But things between Carl and Russell, it just it's really just a, again he's kind of the father figure that that Russell never had, and kind of like filling into him as a mentor. And the adventure with the bird and Kevin, and it, it just—it's really a—it's fu- a funny movie. The animation is gorgeous. The score is beautiful. All the dogs, of the dogs, Alpha and Doug, and uh, this goes on and on. It's just a funny, funny movie. It's funny that the guy, the the guy who voices Doug, also directed it and wrote the movie as well. <laughs> what I love about what I love about that. Uh, Bob, like, he's like, I have one condition. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing Doug. <laughs> I'm playing Doug. Doug. And, and I can see why you relate to Doug so much, man. He loves, he's, Doug is loves life, man. That's how I, you know me, that's how I am too. So, and you're also more, very annoying, but everyone ends up loving you anyway. No, hey, not, not annoying. <laughs> no, he's um, not annoying. He's, yeah, Doug's great. Yeah, both um, of you. <laughs> but yeah, I, Doug's my favorite, like, almost my favorite dog character ever, my favorite Disney character, but I can watch up all the time, never get old of it. It's a very special place in my heart for that movie. I, I just love that movie so much. So definitely up is number my second one. As the one movie I don't have on 4K, and I was so mad. I remember that came out on 4K Steelbook maybe three or four years ago during when COVID hit. I was like, cool, I'm getting on Best Buy. That shit sold out in the minutes. And I was so upset. I was like, no. And you know, effing fucking scalpers and stuff. I selling that for like 200 bucks on eBay or Macari. And I'm like, forget you guys, man. Really 200 bucks for a fucking 4K movie? And I was like, uh, so one day I'll have it, have it in my collection when I can. Because it's a really cool steelbook of, of like the 2D art with the house and the balloon. So that's my goal when I get the up 4K steelbooks. I'm a still collector of my physical media. So that's one I need in my collection. Number A little th- fun fact, by the way. You know about the movie. I actually have a keychain of Up with like the little I'm balloon. I'm so jealous of that too. Cap. <laughs> I got that as a gift a few years ago I'm from so jealous. Home and Kelsey it's a, it's when I was cool in Philly. Uh, not Philly, uh, Pittsburgh. Yep. It's a dope ass keychain. I love that one. I still have it, dude. I love it. Yeah, so, I feel like I should start explaining my movie choices because <laughs> you're going detail. Oh, dude, <laughs> no, okay, I, I, I have sentimental. Yeah, of course, I have sentimental value in all all these movies. My third one, um, I think, is the best of the four movies. Is Toy Story Two. Toy Story Two is a dope ass movie from the beginning, where like where he's on the planet, buzzes on the planet with Zerg, uh, and the whole story of like when when he, get, when he gets kidnapped, even though he's a toy, and then him meeting Jesse and um. Stinky Pete and Bullseye and um, uh, Al, <laughs> the guy who plays Al. This is Alexander who was who was in um, 
uh, Space Jam and he's Newman and Seinfeld and he's in Jurassic Park uh, is perfect casting to, to a T as Al on that movie. But I love the stuff with Al's toy barn. I love when they meet uh, uh, coked out Buzz with the with the um, with the with the Infinity Belt, whatever. Um, the whole the whole the whole stuff the whole stuff in the um, uh, Al's toy barn is hilarious with the Jurassic Park reference or like when they're crashing the things, whatever. And then the the un- the unlock Zerg. I think the voice acting movie is phenomenal, but the storyline is so intriguing. Yeah, I love all Toy Story movies, but two to me, I just love watching it over and over again because stuff in the airport when they're chasing Woody and when they're in the when the luggage the luggage container or whatever luggage like factory whatever shipping whatever, and then they go on the plane. It's it's a funny story because Woody also kind of discovers who he is because he was so he was Woody he was Andy's number one for a while. Then Buzz came in, then Buzz and him became best friends. And he's always still number. He's always Woody's number. It was always Annie's number one. But in this one, he's just about like, hey, like, who, who, who really am I? Because he's all his life, he's like, we don't know where he came from or his background. Kind of like as a little self discovery moment as well of like, wow, I was the shit back in the day. But you know, time goes on. You know, westerns aren't cool anymore. You know, sci fi is cool. Buzz Lightyear is cool. What's gonna be next? It's a really cool commentary of like how the era's change of stuff, you know, and pop culture, whether it's science fiction or w- Westerns or you know, that superheroes, or whatever, that we will always see a new generation of certain things that b- the pop culture zeitgeist. So I love that. Again, great voice acting, but the whole Alice Toy Barn's great. And the thing with Zerg is really funny. Um, There's a great moment too, where they're driving, they're they fucking hijack the car, the pizza planet car, and they're driving to the fucking uh, airport and like, they're going crazy or whatever. And you see um, the ham is reading the manual. He goes, he goes, boy, uh, his mileage on this did not add up. And it's so funny as an adult, you're like, this is hilarious because it's like things we didn't get as a kid is like over our heads. And you watch it as an adult, you're like, this is hilarious. So I love Toy Story 2 for that. Number four is Isle of Dogs. I love this movie so much. You know, I'm not the biggest Wes Anderson fan. If you heard my review for Asteroid City a few episodes ago, I have a love-hate with Wes Anderson movies. I think he's a great filmmaker. I think he's great uh, performances, but... I don't know, some of his movies kind of feel flat to me, are very just boring AF, so I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. But for some reason, his animated movies always kind of stick out to me the most, whether it's the stop, I'm a big sucker for stop, stop motion animation. I love stop motion so much. My favorite form of animation. Great voice acting through and through. Uh, but Owl Dog is kind of like set in, the, um, I think it's Japan, uh, where um, the, um, the city mayor or president, president of Japan, whatever, he banishes all dogs. Uh, from, from the city and they're forced to live exile on this island which is like dirt and trash whatever and every dog has to like fend for themselves and it's about these five five dogs uh brian cranston edward norton um oh my gosh bill murray jeff goldblum and the fifth guy i'm blanking on his name uh they counter a young boy who is looking for his dog spots on this island and they go on a journey to find find their find his fellow dog and they cover like dogs that are like kind of like hate being there the dogs are kind of psyched out because they miss their owners too and it's a really great game the act voice acting is hilarious is great great score great and i love stop motion so much but it's a really beautiful story game if you're a dog lover too you're gonna love this movie and as a dog lover my parents have two dogs i, I love dogs so much so it's for sure movie that that's stuck with me so well but really the animation is gorgeous man it's a gorgeous animated movie i love stop motion so much but it's it's about really about like why we love dogs, why dogs are important to society, even though when some crazy person tries to banish them and likes cats instead, these dogs still kind of just like have really importance. They still miss their owners. They still miss being part of society. So it's just a really great uh, story overall. And it's one of my favorite Wes Anderson movie. All right. Number five. It's also a Wes Anderson movie. Another, another animated movie is fantastic. Mr. Fox. 
This movie rules. I remember as a kid, I was cracking up. I watched it maybe a few years ago. I was still cracking up. I just bought it on Blu-ray the other day. It comes in the mail next week. I cannot wait to watch it on Blu-ray. This movie is hysterical. Everyone's cast is perfect to a T. George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson. The list goes on and on. It's hilarious. And there's so much charisma and charm to this movie for a stop-motion animation as well. Again, for some reason, his movies as director, what's interesting, it kind of connects more with me as animation than he does with his live-action movies. But, like, again, Mr. Fox is kind of like this really charismatic guy. He, you know, he, it, they all live underground, but he's realizing that, like, his lands might be torn up by these kind of developers that want to, like, uh, develop buildings and factories on this land. So he needs to, like, him and his group of, go- his, of different animals need to, like, kind of, like, stand up against these humans because their house, their home is about to be destroyed. So it's a very quirky, very kind of, like, giddy kind of movie. But again, Bill Murray, George Clooney, Jason Schwartzman, Willem Dafoe. Owen Wilson, really, the list goes on and on. They're just some hilarious performances, and the jokes make me laugh so hard. I don't know what it is about this movie. And it's based off, Ronald, based off the book by Ronald Dahl, who did, you know, Roland Dahl, sorry, who did Willy Wonka, Toy and Chaka Factory, the list goes on and on. Matilda, um, really just like, it's just a, it's a really movie about imagination, too. And this is kind of like when stop motion was still kind of like in its prime, but it was kind of phasing out because of 3D animation and stuff like Pixar was kind of taking over. But I give Anderson a lot of props for doing stuff that's like unique and out of the ordinary and a great story to a great animation, great voice acting. And I know both his movies as animation just really stuck with me the most. And I, I'm probably own, I probably own Isle of Dogs. And I can't wait to own Mr. Fox on Blu-ray because it's really just two great movies that have great dialogue and great characters that you can relate to, even though they're all animals. So those are my top five animated movies of all time. But my friend, before we do Nick's, you want to explain yours real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, So everyone knows why I love Treasure Planet, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. But everything about, like, I have been, I'm a giant nerd, and I have been a nerd since I was young. I grew up on not only cartoons, but, like, anime as well. So, like, Japanese anime, Ghibli Studios, like, animated films, Disney. Like, I grew up on a lot of these. So, you know, I truly do thoroughly enjoy anime movies more than just normal movies. <clears throat> so, um, with Treasure Planet, it's an obvious. We, I've gone to rant about it. We've talked about it a lot. You know, the the writing's good. The animation's beautiful. Like, the scenery for the animation, it's such a creative thing. Original thing as well. And just overall, it's just a lovable, enjoy, just a movie you can thoroughly enjoy. Um, How's Moving Castle? Uh, it's Studio Ghibli movie that is known throughout the years, right behind Spirited Away. And uh, what is it? My Friend Totoro. Um, it's, uh, the, just, you can't beat Studio Ghibli, like, animations, because they have such original, like, anime concepts, you know what I mean? And the, 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 the story for these movies is very, like, unique. Like, from the very get-go, when they decide to... introduce you into the movie where like all right this is what it's going to be about it draws you in where you have to sit and watch and you love it so much and all the characters even the villains are all characters that you can truly 
thoroughly love. You know what I mean? Sometimes, not in every single. Some enemies are just like fuck that guy, or girl, or person. You know, um, or thing. Um, and just thoroughly love it. Um, I had a hard time picking between Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away because they're both so such amazing movies. I love them both thoroughly. If you have Max, just go Studio Ghibli. Pick a random movie and watch those movies because they're so good. Um, but yeah, it's such a great movie to watch, and I think it just has such a beautiful message and just beautiful atmosphere about it. Uh, Big Hero Six, <laughs> man, I am uh, my nephew Amani, who is now, by the way, a teenager. That man has two more years. That's of crazy. High school. Two more years of high school. That means he's a fucking junior when the school year starts, my guy. Fucking insane. But when he was younger, right? Big Hero 6 came out. I'm feeling old. (laughs) Big Hero 6 came out. And he was so obsessed with it. I used to watch it with him all the time. I really did love that movie. So basically what the movie is about is uh, this young kid who lives with his aunt and his brother... Um, they're both very smart. Um, his brother's in college, and he's probably, what, like, middle school? Somewhere around, like, what, high, like, 7th, 8th grade, maybe? Yeah, 7th, 8th grade, probably. I don't really know. Um, but they're both really smart, and, uh, you know, they, they lost their parents when they were younger, and so they live with their aunt, and, uh, so his brother, you know, him, you know, has... He's super smart where he built a robot and they do, like, illegal, like, robot fighting. And, uh, you know, he he got in trouble and his brother saved him. And and so, you know, to make sure he doesn't do it again, he invites him to his college where him and his friends, the older brother, uh, him and his friends uh, make robots and, like, try and make things better for the world. And so he has his little he has his little brother enter the competition, and during the competition, like when they're judging and everything, a fire goes off, uh, and, and the brother goes runs back in to save the professor, and the building blows up, and the brother and professor uh, die, and um, you know. Uh, the brother, the big, the older brother's project survived and um you know he he wanted to investigate what probably happened to his brother and he has the help of this robot called baymax which is uh basically like a nurse bot you know that helps you know like knows medical shit gives you a band-aid tells you like oh your body heat blah 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 um and so with the help of the the robot you know he's investigating what possibly happened and uh, he found out that a guy took his project, the little brother's project, uh, that he entered for a competition, which was nanobots, and he's, like, using it. And so he decided, the little brother decided to make Baymax a superhero, and, like, and the, the, his brother's friends start helping him to figure out who this person is and why, why they did what they did. And yeah, so it's a beautiful movie, really funny, like just lots of giggles, and I think you'll love it. Um, fuck. 
uh, I'm winded. <laughs> I'm trying to explain this in great detail, you know. Um, what what else? Uh, oh, right. Who fucking doesn't love How to Train Your Dragon? That whole series is fucking adorable shit. <laughs> From oh, the music, yeah. dude, Toothless, bro, a badass dragon with no teeth. <laughs> like, oh, God. I love it. I'm trying to eventually buy myself a onesie with Toothless, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's such a great movie. And what's the guy's name? Jay something? Oh, Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. Uh, he, he. I feel like his. I could. I feel like no one else could have done hookup except him. He does these characters that just you, you thoroughly love, and it's it's this it's this movie about a guy who feels out of place within his own people, and he feels like, and you know, his people make him feel like out of place, and I like I feel like for me personally, like. That is something I truly connected with, you know? Where it's like, you don't feel like you belong, and you feel like you're meant for something different. But you try so hard to fit in. And then he met Toothless, which is a dragon, because, you know, he's he's a Viking, and they, you know, they kill dragons, and they're killing dragons. But he meets Toothless, one of the most, like, one of the most, like, mysterious dragons, and, like, you know, has basically a big bounty on his head <clears throat> he meets it and he couldn't kill him so he sets him free but toothless loses a tail and he can't fly away so he's stuck in this little area so you know hiccup being curious goes and learns more and more and more about dragons slowly trying to get close to toothless to you know truly like be close to him and you know see him up close <laughs> And it's just, overall, just is such a great movie. Uh, all the voice actors are great in it. The animation, every single one of How to Train Your Dragon movies is great. I highly recommend you watch them. Is that all four that I didn't explain? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's all four. And let me I'm get... sorry to the listeners. That was very winded explanations. And two, <laughs> it's not the greatest. I'm not the best at explaining certain things. I'm very sorry about that. But hopefully you understood and hopefully you, you want to check them out. Where do you get off? <laughs> Where do you get off? No, you're, to- you're great, man. Let me get Nick's. Nick, Nick wrote a lot. I'll make sure that one clear everything goes. Alright, this is from Nick. The man, the man, the myth, the legend, Nicholas Johnson. Here we go. Here we go. Top five. He goes. Here we go. The Lion King, classic and timeless tale of essential, essentially a boy finding himself, learning, remembering who he truly is, and maturing into manhood. The story of uh, mature, maturation from um, from youth to adulthood is a universal one, which is probably why it's also resonated with me. And it's so funny too because elements of the story can be seen in, can be seen in many stories in mythologies like Hamlet, Man of Steel. You got the young boy visited or haunted by the ghost of his father who was killed by his uncle or uncle-like figure who then who essentially has to avenge his father and in doing so achieves ultimate self-realization. Um, this film stuck with me ever since I was a kid. It was fun, scary, fucking dope soundtrack and the list goes on and on. Here we go. All-Star Superman is December 2. Speaking of Superman... <laughs> This animated film was based on the comic of the same name, written by Grant Morrison. 
The film in my eyes is Superman mythology in its truest form, bright, hopeful, and classic Superman. Basic premise is Superman learns that he's dying, his cells at some point were exposed to too much yellow solar radiation, and all that energy causes his cells to burst from within. So while he's more powerful than ever, he's more powerful than he's been, than he's been his body is also breaking down, and there seems to be no way to save him. However, as grim as this might sound, the film itself is actually rather inspiring and hopeful because with the last day, Superman does everything he, he can to make amends and say his goodbyes and inspire the people around him, even his own enemies, to be heroes in their own right. Like I said, the film is a classic Superman mythology and has all the elements of Superman that people know and love, crazy outlandish sci-fi adventures, lovable characters, grand heroics, and, and above all, the message about much of that hope can, can and sh- should shine through even in our darkest days. This man's a good writer. <laughs> uh, three for three. All, th- all three of us. Treasure Planet number is number three. Look at all of us having Treasure Planet in this in our top five. Treasure Planet, a highly underrated anime sci-fi retelling of Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. Uh, Treasure, Pla- Treasure Planet follows young Jim Hawkins as he travels the cosmos and searches for Treasure Planet and the loot of a thousand world. It is, inc- it is incredibly imaginative, fun, and heartful story that I feel is often overlooked. Amen, brother. Look all three of us having uh, Treasure Planet, man. I'm very proud of us for that. Okay, number four. The Road to El Dorado. Another childhood classic from DreamWorks oh Animation. Oh, my God. That follows... <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I forgot about it. Me, too. Oh, dude, so good. So good. All right, keep going. That follows Thieves from... Uh, the Road to El Dorado, another childhood classic from DreamWorks Animation that follows thieves from ancient Tulio and Miguel, um, Tulio and Miguel, played by Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. I'll that. Uh, Kenneth, Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh, respectfully, as they find the map to El Dorado and the city of gold. Once they get there, they are mistaken by the inhabitants of El Dorado as gods, and thus the comedy ensues. As the tagline for this film states, they came for the gold, here for the adventure. This film also has a great soundtrack, great music by Elton John. That's right. That I can and Loki have been ever since. Look, I can't. Loki have ever have been ever since I saw the film as a child. This one repeat, definitely a great watch. I haven't seen the movie in so long, man. Spend a minute. Oh, this is a cute one. He picked up number five. Number five, a goofy movie. It's a great movie. Uh, last but not least, certainly last but not, last but not most certainly not least on my list is a goofy movie. This is an animated Disney film that follows Disney character Goofy and his son Max as they go on a father and son road trip across the country and butt heads. Max, your typical teen that wants to impress the girl and be cool and popular at school was well, with his friends. And Goofy as well. Goofy. <laughs> Quote, unquote, pun entirely intended. <laughs> Great family comedy with fun music as well. Another child of favorite. This film never gets old. All right, Nick. That's a great top five, man. This man really has some good top five animated movies. We all, we all did. There's a funny episode of Atlanta. I won't give it too much away. It was the last season of Atlanta. I think it was season, yeah, season four of Atlanta. They do, a, they do a whole fake mockumentary about the Goofy movie, and it's hilarious. It's super funny. Um, Atlanta is a show by D- Donald Glover, that one of my favorite shows of all time. And it was kind of mockumentary, kind of like fake retelling of this guy who inspired the Goofy movie. It's all fake, but it's really how they filmed it. It's brilliant and it's genius because you kind of feel like it's a real, like, like a real movie, like a real documentary. It's on Hulu. If you watch this, watch the show first, but if you're on season four of Atlanta, watch the Goofy movie Goofy movie episode. It's hilarious because it's so random. And it's not like part of the show whatsoever. It's very off kind of different, kind of like non-linear storytelling. It's hilarious. So recommend that. But yeah, Goofy movie, man, is so good. I love that movie as well. But all right, Nick, thank you for sending those top five, my friend. Again, say travels to New York. Great, honestly. Great, dude. 
Uh, Nick, St. Thomas, New York, my friend. We'll see you next week. All righty, yeah. my friend. Do you want to take us home? Should we just still do our one-on-ones of the week? Um, no. Because no? I feel like the five would give... Because there's, I feel like our five, uh, there's movies in there that, uh, oh, yeah. you know, made them, you know, the movies that people probably haven't seen or oh, heard yeah, of. Sure. So I feel like, yeah. So I that feel can, like we're, we're good with the five. That can, that can hold you over in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, my my friend. All right, man. Friend, you want you want to take us home? Yeah, but I don't want um this has normal. Uh, um, I do want to say something. Of course. Um, because recently, the other day, actually. Um. The other day, we there uh, an, uh, an actor passed away. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not good with names. Okay, help me out here. Uh, Angus Cloud, man, who played Angus Desco yeah. in Euphoria. Yeah, who was an amazing actor, really young, you know, around our age, my age specifically. Um, you know, he passed away from a drug overdose, possibly suicide. And I wanted just to reach out to, to the community and anybody who listens. You, um, you know, uh, life is very hard and has a person who has struggled with, you know, depression and suicide thoughts and who's even attempted to take his own life on several occasions throughout my life. Uh, I just want you guys to know that there's always help out there to, you know, get yourself treated. And there's always a better option than taking your own life because, you know, it, you know, if you lose somebody or just life isn't going well, you know, uh, that's only momentary. Everything's momentary. Happiness, sadness, everything is very momentary. So you guys just, you know, keep your head up and just talk to the people in your life. And there's always, you know, someone out there who's willing to help you, you know, like, you know, your death isn't nothing. People won't just move on, you know, without you in this world, there's someone that's going to be insanely hurt by that loss. So, you know, even if you can't talk to your family, there are therapists, there is a way to get help. Um, so, you know, just... Don't take your own life. Um, what is the... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. De- um, definitely, definitely watch our episode. If you haven't listened to our episode yet, listen to our episode, I think episode number 17. I could be mistaken with Jordan, our good friend Jordan. Uh, yeah. The episode was a full conversation about mental health and, you know, the importance of checking on your friends. Um, yeah, if you listen to it, yeah, I believe it was episode, I'm out, episode number... Yeah, episode number 17, which was on May. You know, we had a very, almost an hour conversation about mental health and the importance of checking on your friends and calling on people. Like, hey, you good? How's it going? It's even a small hello. Hey, how's it going? goes a long way. Um, it's a really beautiful um, uh, um, episode that all you, me, uh, Joel, myself, Nick, and Jordan talk about. And it's really important that you should listen to the episode because it's a very special episode. It's very different from the other episodes of our podcast. 
but you know it's definitely one to definitely one to listen to and you know reflect on because like Joel said you know life is too short you know it's sad that he was 25 he's he's my age man and he's it's very sad that you know 25 he, he's gone too soon I mean we don't know the full details of what happened yet we'll probably find out shortly maybe with the next coming week or so but yeah man it's it, it's sad that you know at 25, he had a lot, a lot more to do, a lot more to offer. And like I said, what Joel said too, you know, it's really important that you call your friends, call your family members. Hey, how's it going? Send an email, send a quick Snapchat, whatever, because you never know what the people are going through. And that little hello might go a long way or might even make their week or month or even year. So remember, you're never alone. You always have, you always deal with people that, that, that care about you and love you. And there's so many resources that you can call or, you know, check ins to, you know, that you're not alone in this whatsoever. And I think it's important to remember that uh, every day of your life. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys, you know, if, if you guys truly do struggle and you do need to call somebody that's not your family, you can always call 988, which is a suicide and crisis lifeline. Um, just, you know, reach out, just talk to somebody, help, you know, but we care, you know, uh, so we, we want you guys to stay here as long as we're here, uh, from people who truly understand how that is. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say to let you guys oh, know you. that we care about you and everything, you know, and since it is a current and fresh topic, I just wanted to you know, bring that into the our podcast, you know, a serious moment that's different from usual. Um yeah. So that's all I wanted to say. Uh I'll close this out now. Alright. Uh thank you guys for coming along our auditorial journey through our opinions, thoughts, reviews and crazy constant rambling. Uh that would probably end us up in the loony bin eventually. <laughs> um, we we thoroughly thank you guys for constantly coming back and listening to us and giving us, you know, the helping us spread our passion to want to just talk about what we truly love. Uh, we hope to see you guys, girls, people. Uh, back with us next week and uh, episode after that and after that and after that and maybe even new people hi welcome bye uh <laughs> but yes thank you for being here we love you guys we truly do love you without you guys we wouldn't be able to continue pursuing what we're pursuing right now and uh yeah you know tell someone you love them you know, hug somebody or ask somebody to hug you. It's fine. Um, and hope you have a good day, a good evening, a good night, and a good weekend weekend. All right. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Deuces.